I feel good. Na 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 na. I knew that I would now. Ha ha. Do you feel good? How often do you want to feel good? And what makes you feel good? And is it possible that that all happens inside our brain? And if you've got happy chemicals, happy neurotransmitters pumping through your brain, woohoo! Is it possible that serotonin, dopamine, brain drive, neurotropic factor, endorphins, the things that make us feel good, they're those neurotransmitters, uh, that we actually can't be unhappy? We're going to feel good if they're in our brain. Now, that can come from pharmaceutical and recreational drugs, that can come from smoking and gambling and drinking. Uh, it can definitely come from getting puffed and lifting heavy and a combination of both. So if you use movement, high intense activity, and some people would call that exercise, but to get those neurotransmitters, you actually have to do intense activity. You have to work to 100% effort. Uh, if you do that and you feel good, why is it that so few people do it? And I'll go a step further. As a health club manager for most of my career path, so I've, met, uh, I've managed health clubs around the world, and I'll share with you it was the same everywhere. So France, Germany, Belgium, Australia. Now I work with health clubs in New Zealand. Uh, it seems there's a very, very interesting trend when it comes to people joining the gym or people exercising. So when it comes to uh, around the Around about the end of spring, the beginning of summer, most health clubs boom. That's when people go back to their exercise or start exercise because they want to look good in their summer clothes. It seems that people stop their exercise, their physical activity, uh, around the time that the fat guy in a red suit comes along. Now, I could never understand that. It seems like our whole lives, I've got to get it done before Santa, I've got to get it done before Santa, who is a mythical creature, a fat mythical creature who wears a red suit. Got to be done before then. Uh, and then uh, I'll start in the new year. So we stop for Santa and then we don't really want to do anything until maybe the mid-January, mid beginning of February. And a lot of people will share that. Look, I'm not going to start exercising now. I'm not going to start my healthy eating plan now or I'll start... Uh, when I come back from holidays after Santa time, after the new year. Uh, I always find that really interesting because I'm going to ask the question again. Uh, do you stop showering? Do you stop brushing your teeth? Do you stop wearing clothes? Do you stop sleeping? Do you stop eating? Obviously, the eating thing keeps going quite regularly through Santa time in the new year. But why is it that we focus on, I'm going to exercise or I'm going to do something for my physical physique, uh, when it's uh, when I have to show it off and or if it gets out of shape. So the start exercising in the springtime, summertime is usually about I've got to wear summer clothes now so I better get myself into shape. And then the, the group that starts at the end of, sorry, at the beginning of the year, the end of the Christmas silly season tends to be people that I've got gotten chubby over Christmas. I've gotten chubby over the, the holiday period. I have to go and fix it now. And I would love to change that, of course. Uh, and the reason I share that is this roller coastering of getting into shape, out of shape, put on weight, lose weight, be healthy, be unhealthy, be happy, be unhappy. Uh, I think that adults can do whatever they want to. I always share that. But what about our kids? Do we really want our kids to think that that's normal? Uh, and why do our kids, or well, why did we grow up thinking that it's okay to? Uh, stop exercising when it's cold? Why did we grow up thinking that it's okay to 
uh, stop exercising over Christmas and the New Year period? Is it possible that that's what our parents did or that's what our circle of influence did as we were growing up? So it's just become normal for that to happen. Now, that may not be you. You might be the person that uh, treats exercise like brushing your teeth and you do it every day and you do it because you want to feel good. But is it possible that most people exercise not to feel good but to look good? And when you're when it's winter time, you can cover up, so it's really easy to hide inside your clothes. And then once you've been doing that, you have to fix it. And I would like to stop the fixing bit. And I always use the example of dentists. There, <laughs> uh, the dentists tell us regularly, or would like us to regularly go to the dentist to have our teeth serviced and looked after, not fixed. Wouldn't it be great if the only reason you went to the dentist was to have a checkup to make sure everything was healthy and going great and you had a great clean and you came back again in three or six months to have a checkup and a clean, not have to go to the dentist because your teeth are rotten or you need a filling or something horrible's happened and you need root canal or something horrible like that. That's when it's expensive, it becomes an emergency, it hurts like hell. And it's all just too complicated. If there was some general dental care happening on, along the way, that wouldn't happen. Is it possible that that's what happens with the human body? People get out of shape in winter, want to fix it in spring and summer, or they get out of shape in uh, over the Christmas silly season or when they go on holidays and then they've got to fix the challenge. So the, the business trend, and there's two business trends I'd love to share with you if you're unaware and you probably are not unaware, you probably know this already, but it's just interesting to take note. Uh, health club numbers haven't changed since I've been in the exercise profession. So for, for the last 40 years, uh, around about 10% of the population will have a gym membership. And I just, I use that very, with much hesitation, because I think we all know that just because you've got a gym membership doesn't mean that you go to the gym. Uh, so, but the beautiful thing about a business concept there is if you open up in a, in a new town, for example, and there's no other gym there, uh, you will get around about 10% of the people will join your gym. That means 90% won't. Now, that used to relate quite uh, closely to people having a healthy uh, headspace and or an eating and exercise plan that would keep them healthy for the rest of their lives. So around about 10% of any population in the Western world was focused on or had an exercise program and eating plan that would keep them healthy for the rest of their lives. Well, what's really sad now, and as an exercise professional, this is something that really, you can imagine it's very uncomfortable for me to share this because I've been doing this all of my life. In my lifetime, as an exercise professional, the world has become fatter and sicker and weaker and more diseased and more depressed than it's ever been. And unfortunately now, in most Western countries, we have between 1% to 5%, 1 to 5% of people have an eating or exercise plan that will keep them healthy, fit and strong for the rest of their life. Not get them back into shape after they've eaten a lot over winter and gotten a bit chubby and have to get rid of it. Not go to the gym after Christmas or Easter or holidays because they've eaten too much and drunk too much and they've got to fix the challenge. But people who have maintained a regular eating, healthy eating and plan and regular exercise plan, they're fit and strong and they're going to stay that way for the rest of their lives between 1% to 5%, depending on the country. That's where we're going to get into deep trouble with our kids, isn't it? Is that why we've got children who are morbidly obese? And I'm going to share this, uh, something that's, that probably needs clarification. Morbid probably explains itself. 
uh, is that if my weight is going to kill me pretty soon, that's morbid obesity. Definition of obesity is interesting, and it usually is when your weight is affecting your health. But have we ever considered that all of those things are interrelated? So the biggest killer diseases in the world, coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, uh, stroke, most cancers, uh, a lot of accidents now, uh, depression, anxiety, all the things that are really screwing up our lives physically have a lot to do with what we carry on our body. And I know that there's a lot of talk about it's okay to carry lots of weight around. And that certainly is okay, of course. But the question is this, that weight that you're carrying around, is it affecting your health? And if it's not, who cares? But if you're, the weight that you, you are carrying around uh, is increasing your resting heart rate, increasing your normal blood pressure, it uh, gives you high blood. The really important one here is blood sugar levels because that's where cardiovascular disease comes, type 2 diabetes comes from, and that disease really screws up your whole entire life. Type 2 diabetes is, is going blind, uh, limb amputation, renal failure, a really long, slow way to die. That comes from high blood sugar levels and that comes from a body that it's not burning up the, the food that you put into, into your body, not burning up the sugar that goes into your bloodstream, which should be what your brain is using for energy and what your muscles are using for energy. Glucose is a great substance. That's what the brain runs on. That's what muscles run on. But if you can't get that, uh, those blood sugar molecules into the cells where they belong and they're banging around in your arteries, you're going to become diseased. You're going to get very sick, type 2 diabetes, which causes cardiovascular disease, which causes coronary heart disease, which causes cancer, which causes, can cause depression and anxiety because you just don't feel good. Why am I being so negative? Because all of that's preventable and curable, which is why I'm here. It's about being positive. If I exercise intensely, and I'll take out the word exercise again, if I inject my body on a regular basis with some high intense activity, which makes me puffed and overloads my muscles and bones, I'm not going to get those horrible diseases. If I've got them, I can get rid of them. And I'm going to feel good, not just look good. Yes, one of the side effects is I'm going to look bloody great. I'm going to have great hair, great skin, great nails, strong teeth, strong bones, good posture, less likely to be overweight. And even if I am overweight because I'm carrying excess body fat, if my uh, resting heart rate is normal, if my blood pressure is normal, if my blood sugar levels are healthy, if my uh, cholesterol levels are healthy, then I'm going to feel good because I'm going to have a stack of energy. So carrying around extra body fat doesn't matter because it's not affecting my health. But unfortunately, that's not the case, is it? For most people, excess body fat is affecting their health and in the, in the short term and the long term. So if you eat a stack of food that has high, no high, high nutritional value, how do you feel? Which is what usually happens around the time that Santa, the guy, the fat guy in the red suit, and we can't call him anything else. He's the fat guy in the red suit. And we seem to, our lives at the, in December seem to be controlled by that guy. Not a good role model, one would suggest. And I'm sharing that because I want our kids to be healthy. I want our kids to love their food, love it, not feel guilty for eating it, not have to uh, excessively exercise to burn it off because they ate too much of it at any time, let alone Christmas or Easter or birthday. Or Wouldn't it just be nice for our kids, and I can't fix adults, they get to choose, <laughs> wouldn't it be nice if our kids were born, they had a great relationship with their food, they had a great relationship with their body, 
They love their body. They loved all the food that they eat. They love keeping their body fit and strong. So they love getting puffed and overloading their muscles and bones. They have a healthy headspace and a healthy body and they stay that way for the rest of their life without doing the roller coastering of, I put on weight in winter, I have to take it off in spring and summer. I put on weight over Christmas and New Year's, I have to take it off in February. Wouldn't it just be awesome to be healthy, fit and strong? And this is one of the mantras that you hear from me on a regular basis. Pick an energy level, pick a health level, pick a high energy level, pick a high health level. Whatever way you're going to decide, pick the way you want to look and stay that way for the rest of your life. Wouldn't it be nice to not have to fix a challenge? Wouldn't it be nice just to maintain a healthy, fit, strong body for long? And whatever the adults in your life are doing, whatever you've chosen to do, whatever the affecting factors of your headspace have been, because of your circle of influence as you were growing up, could we change it if it's been negative? Could the next thing we eat be high nutritious, high performance food? Could the next thing we do be a positive activity? Could the next time we exercise be a high intense exercise session, not a blood jog, not a walk, not an exercise session that doesn't force our body to change? If we really want to look good and feel good, we have to change our headspace. That's neuroplasticity, changing of the brain, neurogenesis, grow new brain cells, and that comes from high intense activity, forcing your brain to change. Forcing those neurotransmitters to change inside your brain, epinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol are the ones that allow you to do high intense activity. And then once you've done high intense activity, you then have dopamine, reward drug, serotonin, satisfaction drug, endorphins, pain-killing drugs, and then brain-derived neurotropic factor, which is fertilizer for your brain. And that's what makes us feel good. So when people say to me, Rowie, how often should I exercise? My answer is just slightly different now. Do something, an injection of high intense activity every time you want to feel good. Every time you've, you're under stress, every time you've got a challenge coming up, if you've got a hot date, if you've got a test or an exam, if you've got to remember something, if you're doing a, a kata or a pattern in a martial art, if you've got a big event coming up, whatever it is that you have to do, inject your body with high intense activity just beforehand. And the beautiful thing about this is a very important side note, and it's probably not a side note, it should be the headline. High intense activity comes from the phosphate system. There's three energy systems. We get to choose which one we work in. The phosphate system is the only one that is 100% effort. It's 10 seconds. There's no waste product. You can only work at 100% for 10 seconds, but that process changes your brain. It's called the fight and flight system. You probably learned about it in biology at school. But the fight and flight system is to keep us alive. If something's putting us under threat, the body says, get the hell out of there or turn and fight because otherwise you're going to die. And that's why I call it the stay alive system. So if we put our body into the stay alive system on a regular basis, we'll feel good, we'll look good. Our body will be fit and strong. We'll be able to do all the other things that we want to do. Why would you do that sometimes? Why would you only want to feel good sometimes? Why would, why would you only look after your body sometimes? Why is it that we stop <laughs> looking after ourselves because there's a, a fat guy coming in a red suit who happens to be a mythical creature? Sorry. Uh, I love him and I love that time of the year, but I really find it difficult to comprehend, and particularly because I was a health club manager for such a long time and in so many countries, 
that people even put their membership on suspension over that period. People stop exercising completely over that period. A lot of damage can be done in a very short period of time if you don't look after your body. But if you keep your body maintained, look after it, keep it fit, keep it strong, you can stay that way for the rest of your life. And that's one of the things I always share. If you look after your body, your body will look after you. Thank you for coming to Romax. My name's Rowie. I'm here every single day because I would love, whatever you do is your choice, what adults do is their choice, but I would love our kids to be healthy, to be fit, to be strong, disease-free, depression-free, and stay that way for the rest of their lives so that everybody can very passionately sing like I do every single day. I feel good, no, 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 no. I knew that I would now. I feel good, yeah, yeah, so good. Woohoo!